This is These Amazing Places, show 162 for the week of May 30th. Hope everybody's having a good Memorial Day. This week, I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the National World War II Memorial. I will start the show with an audio montage that I made up of uh, World War II, and then wrap the show up with some general information. So sit back, relax, I'll be right back. Those assembled arise and stand to re- greet the arrival of the German Führer. The applause greets the Führer who has just arrived in the Karl Opera House to address the Reichstag, which has been called an extraordinary session. We are expecting that Prime Minister Goering, in a very few moments, will open formally the session of the Reichstag. this program to bring you a special news bulletin. The Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii by air, President Roosevelt has just announced. The attack also was made on all naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. Here is the news. Japan's long-threatened aggression in the Far East began tonight with air attacks on United States naval bases in the Pacific. Fresh reports are coming in every minute. The latest facts of the situation are these. Messages from Tokyo say that Japan has announced a formal declaration of war against both the United States and Britain. The Japanese air raids were made on the Hawaiian Islands and the Philippines. Observers report say that an American battleship has been hit and that a number of the Japanese bombers have been shot down. A naval action is in progress off Honolulu and American transport with timber on board has been torpedoed in the Pacific and another cargo ship is reported in distress. President Roosevelt has told the Army and Navy to act on their secret orders, has called a meeting of ministers and is preparing a report for Congress. In London, Mr. Wynant has seen Mr. Churchill and both Houses of Parliament have been summoned for tomorrow afternoon to hear a statement on the situation. Yesterday, December 7th, 
Navy was plenty low. I think they just made the statement that no German planes have been seen. And I don't think that was the first one we've seen so far. He came very low, just cleared our stack, and as he passed, he let go a stream of tracer that did no harm. And then just as that happened, there was a burst of fire on the coast just off of us five miles. German planes have been in the sky now. The darkness is on us, and the tracers have been flying up. They seem to have withdrawn from them for the moment, but the plane that we just had come over our ship was the first Nazi we've seen so far. He took a pass at us and went on, and nothing particular happened. <laughs> ship has just gave its warning whistles and now the flak is coming up in the sky in steamers from the warship behind us. The sparks seem to just float up in the sky and we're too far away to hear their explosion. Heavy firing now just behind us and anti-aircraft bursts in the sky and bombs bursting on the shore and along in the convoys of the German planes that are beginning their first attack on the night of June 6th. Now the darkness has come on us. ...in which we can see the whole of Times Square all the way from 42nd Street up to 47th Street on the left. This is one of the greatest celebrations that we have ever seen from the marquee of the Hotel Astor here in New York City. People, I, I should estimate at least 350,000 or more, it's pretty hard to estimate at this point, are cheering and screaming, making noise with sound makers, throwing confetti and bits of paper, streamers, and all sorts of things that they can find to celebrate this greatest of all victories, the surrender of the Japanese. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it's a terrific sight as we stand here and see an ocean of people. The white hats of sailors standing out predominantly in the sea of heads that we can see both to our right and to our left. And around the Times building, which of course has that terrific electric sign that flashed the news just a moment ago, I don't believe you could throw in a toothpick in down there between those people. They're packed in so tightly. The newsmen, the cameramen from all of the camera services, both still and motion picture men, are here photographing this gigantic scene as we look upon it from the balcony of the Hotel Astor here in New York City. They're grinding their cameras and people are waving flags. The vendors of noisemakers and flags have done a land office business all day long. We were over here early this morning, and at that point, people were celebrating then. But this, this, this celebration right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the biggest that we have ever seen from our vantage point right here. Down comes a cloud of papers from the rooftops of the buildings around Times Square. And the pavements below us are so covered with paper that it's difficult to see the pavement itself at places. People are steaming and teeming and pushing and shoving and going in one direction or another all around the square right now. And we think that this, this is really a sight. People are really genuinely happy down there. Many servicemen are among the people who are celebrating. The carnival spirit prevails all up and down Times Square. We're just told that Wednesday and Thursday have been declared illegal federal holidays, VJ Day. Maybe you can hear the people screaming down there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give a listen. And that's just a, just a small sample of what it was a moment ago when the Times electric sign flashed the news that everyone has been waiting for for many long years. 
People were sitting on the curbs all afternoon on newspapers. People were perched on the fence along the middle of Times Square and perched just everywhere you could imagine, waiting for the news to come through. And now it has come through, and all of those persons who were engaged in business on any of the side streets and those who were on the adjoining avenues have all flocked to Times Square, which today is truly the meeting point of the world insofar as the East is concerned. We assume that these celebrations are being held all over this vast country of ours and in the Allied Nations. But just as a sample of what's happening right now, ladies and gentlemen, I can look to my left. Okay, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, it's something I spent a little bit of time putting together just to uh, help us all to remember uh, what the memorial is for uh, and uh, uh, the lives that have been given before us. So uh, I'm going to move on now with a little bit of uh, general information about the World War II Memorial. First of all, uh, there is no admittance cost to gain entrance into the memorial. There is free parking right outside the memorial. And we've mentioned in past shows that you can do the uh, jump on and off bus, basically. I think it's $40 for the day, and then you can jump on and off as many times as you want. This might be a really good place to uh, do that, as I've said in other places. Uh, let's see here. If you would jump, let's say, at, the, at this memorial, within walking distance of this memorial is also the Vietnam War Memorial and the Vietnam Women's Memorial. Also, the Abraham Lincoln Memorial. And it's a bit of a walk, but it's also a nice walk if you can make it to get to the Washington Monument. All this, uh, all this walking, basically, will be done uh, beside the uh, Washington, D.C. Reflection Pool. some information about the memorial itself. The U.S. National World War II Memorial is a national memorial dedicated to Americans who served in the armed forces and as civilians during World War II, consisting of 56 pillars and a pair of arches surrounding a plaza and fountain. It is located on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., on the former site of the Rainbow Pool at the eastern end of the Reflecting Pool. The memorial is, is administered by the National Park Service under its National Mall and Memorial Parks Group. As of 2009, more than 4.4 million people visit the memorial each year. A nationwide design competition drew 400 submissions from architects from around the country. Frederick St. Florian's initial design was selected in 1997. Over the next four years, St. Florian's design was altered during the review and approval process required of proposed memorials in Washington, D.C. The final design consists of 56 granite pillars, each 17 feet tall, arranged in a semicircle around a plaza with two 43-foot arches crafted by Rock of Ages Corporation on opposite sides. Two-thirds of the 7.4-acre site is landscaping and water. Each pillar is inscribed with the name of one of the 48 U.S. states of 1945, as well as the District of Columbia, the Alaska Territory, and the Territory of Hawaii. The Commonwealth of the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Guam, American Samoa, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The northern arch is inscribed with Atlantic, the southern one, Pacific. The plaza is 337 feet, 10 inches long, and 240 feet 2 inches wide. It is sunk 6 feet below grade and contains a pool 
that is 246 feet 9 inches by 147 feet 8 inches. The memorial includes an engraving typical of the Kilroy graffiti. Kilroy was here. And I've also uh, will include a picture on our Flickr site that will show you what the Kilroy was here uh, inscription drawing looks like. On approaching the semicircle from the east, a visitor walks along one or two walls, right side wall and left side wall, picturing scenes of the war experience. As one approaches on the left toward the Pacific Arch, the scenes begin with soon-to-be servicemen getting physical exams, taking the oath, and being issued military gear. The reliefs progress through several iconic scenes, including combat and burying the dead, ending in a homecoming scene. On the right side wall, toward the Atlantic Arch, there is a similar progression, but with scenes generally more typical of the European theater. Some scenes take place in England, depicting the preparations for air and sea assaults. The last scene is a handshake between the American and Russian armies when the Western and Eastern fronts met in Germany. The Freedom Wall. The Freedom Wall is on the west side of the memorial with a view of the reflecting pool and Lincoln Memorial behind it. The wall has 4,048 gold stars, each representing 100 Americans who died in the war. In front of the wall lies a message. Here, we mark the price of freedom. Okay, everybody. Well, this pretty much uh, marks the end of the show for this week. I want everybody to just uh, hopefully go out and enjoy your week, enjoy your day that you're off today if you're listening to it on the Monday that this show is released. Uh, if not, just uh, enjoy the weather outside. It's changing for everybody right now. Some places it's getting really warm, so hopefully you enjoy that. And uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. I believe next week we'll probably be back in Disney. So we'll talk to you then, and have a good week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. Copyright 2011. Thanks so much for listening. And we can't see the plane, nothing but the black burst of the attack in the dark sky. Here comes the plane. More anti-aircraft fire inboard toward the shore. And the Germans must be attacking low with their planes off our stern because the stream of fire, the tracers, is almost parallel with the water. Hot tracer lines are coming up almost all around us, off the stern and off the side toward the French coast. Flares are coming down now. You can hear the machine gunning. The whole sea side is covered with tracer fire going up. Leading the bombs, the machine gunning, and the planes come over closer. Fiery, low, twisting smoke, bringing fire down low toward the French coast a couple of miles.
I don't know whether it's on the shore or is the ship on fire. Here's very heavy act now, right? London calling in the North American service of the BBC. In a few seconds, we shall be broadcasting a dispatch by the American war correspondent George Hicks of the Blue Network. 
Stand by for George Hicks. We have yet to see a German plane over the amphibious convoy, which doesn't necessarily mean that we shan't see them before the attack is over. Our air support has been fine, and the loudspeakers call out almost constantly Spitfires on the port or Mustangs overhead or B-17s passing on the starboard side. And as far as I know, no report has come in of attack by Nazi sea craft onto the convoys. Now it's almost black dark, and you see the ships uh, lying in all directions just like black shadows on the gray sky. Some signaling out to sea, sheltered on the inside from the Germans' eyes, signaling with red lights, blinking code. There are four fires on the shore, looking like pinpoints, winking, smudged by smoke. Now planes are going overhead. That baby was plenty low. They just made the statement that no German planes have been seen, and I don't think there was the first one we've seen so far. He came very low, just cleared our stack, and as he passed, he let go a stream of tracer that did no harm. And then just as that happened, there was a burst of fire on the coast just off of us five miles. The bitch, you probably heard me. German planes have been in the sky now. The darkness is on us, and the tracers have been flying up. They seem to have withdrawn from them for the moment, but the plane that we just had come over our ship was the first Nazi we've seen so far. He took a pass at us and went on, and nothing particular happened. <laughs> ship has just gave its warning whistles and now the flak is coming up in the sky and steamers from the warships behind us. The sparks seem to just float up in the sky and we're too far away to hear their explosion. Heavy firing now just behind us and anti-aircraft bursts in the sky and bombs bursting on the shore and along in the convoys of the German planes that are beginning their first attack on the night of June 6th. Now the darkness has come on us. These planes you hear overhead now are the motors of the Nazis coming and going in the cloudy sky. reverberation of bombs. Every once in a while you see a burst of fire from a bigger caliber on one of the warships firing up. That was a bomb hit. Another one. And the tracer lines keep arcing up into the darkness. Very heavy fire now off our stern from warships in that area, fiery bursts, and the flank and steamers going out 
In a diagonal slab. Right over our head. Out. Now it's died down. Move right flat. Right over our head. <laughs> 